Blog Talk Radio. Niggas are scared of revolution. But niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution. Because revolution is nothing but change. And all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for murder and change into pimping clothes. They hit the streets to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde. And hope black hair and lips will change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say, things are changing, things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Niggas things into black niggas things. Black niggas things that go through all kinds of changes. The change in the day that makes them rant and rave. Black power, black power, and the change. That comes over them at night as they sigh and moan. Right side. Ooh, right side. Niggas always going through bullshit change. But when it comes for real change, niggas are scared of revolution. All power to the people, black power to black people. Man, once again, it's good uh, to talk to my listeners out there on a Wednesday night. This is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. I'm your host, National Spokesman, Chairman Yang of Nkrumah out of Atlanta, Georgia, as always bringing you uh, my co-host to aid and assist in this thing with me, the People's Chairman, our National Chairman, Chairman Kahar. Chairman Kahar, you on the line with us? Yes, sir. Uh, Black Power. Black Power, sir. Man, tonight I'm excited about our show. And one of the reasons that I, I'm, I'm so elated about our show tonight, I'm so excited, is because it promises to be truly an educational show. That our show tonight is Black Nationalism and the Class Struggle. Black Nationalism and the Class Struggle. And why the excitement? Why the enthusiasm? Why the, the elation at, at bringing such a, a topic to the listeners? Because far too long have us as a people not understood the significance of a class struggle, and we are duped by so-called black progressive revolutionary movements or people who come in the name and the guise of revolution are are nothing but petty bourgeoisie elitist black capitalists. And I'll say it again, petty bourgeoisie elitist black capitalists. And tonight all of that will be broken down and explained to the brothers and sisters in a language that we can understand. It's black nationalism and the class struggle. And the subtitle is All Our Skin Folk Ain't Our Kin Folk, if you understand where I'm coming from. So what is this class struggle? How does this relate to black nationalism? How will black nationalism pull us from that and expose us to the uh, detriment of the class struggle, to how we're put into a certain class and how we're looked at and classified, how we're targeted and treated based on classism, how even we will build our alliances and coalitions based on the class struggle. So this is what, 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 what we're promising to bring tonight, to elevate the minds and to um, just open it up. So it's going to be a hot, hot, hot topic. Like always, our phone lines are going to be open to our guests because we want you to participate. We want to hear your take. We take, we're open for your questions. Then again, we have our national chairman, the people's chairman, uh, Chairman Abdul-Kahar, who have studied with the greats, we're talking about the likes of um, Chairman O'Malley Yesatelli. We're talking about friends with Dr. Osman Muhammad, formerly known as Max Stanford. 
was friends with the Fergusons. I mean, and the list goes on and on. Not that I have to run down his credentials, but I'm just letting you know that who this, who we have on the line with us, who we have leading this party that is really qualified and more than capable of, of explaining these things to us and allowing us to know the importance and how this will aid and progress us in our understanding of black nationalism and furthering our development and, and our struggle into a realistic fruition, into really a, obtaining and achieving these aspirations and not just shooting some black rhetoric at you. Black man, black man, black man, black man, black man, black man is about the black man. But if the black man doesn't know where he's going, if the black man doesn't know his vehicle of black nationalism, if the black man doesn't know his weapon of black nationalism, if the black man doesn't know how black nationalism will empower him economically and socially and politically, I mean, just screaming black man is just empty rhetoric. So with that, this is what the show promises to offer. And I'm going to open it up and I'm going to let our, our chairman bring us in and say some things. Uh, and to really kick off the show, brother chairman. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, this is definitely to the. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, thank you. Uh, one is that uh, I uh, greet uh, the listeners with the greetings of peace be upon us who are struggling and about the liberation of our people and black power, which is our objective. It's not just a slogan. It's an objective that we're moving towards nationhood, moving towards a nationalist society, uh, moving towards bringing all our people together and utilizing that power. Uh, Tonight's topic when we deal with uh, class struggle. First, I want the audience to know that uh, this is more than just a show. Uh, we call it a program. Uh, tonight, our program is in terms of moving you and I, we don't know everything, so we have to share with you and what you have been blessed with because we consist of a body of people, and the body of people in that body, there's wisdom and there's knowledge, and that uh, our uh, duty is to share what we have been blessed with by the Creator and the ancestors. So tonight is a program. Last week's program was learning from our mistakes. And we have to understand that uh, we must learn from the mistakes because if we don't, we will repeat the mistakes. And those who are not students of history believe that we are coming in bringing in something new. No, we are not bringing in anything new. Mistakes are mistakes, and that we have to correct those in order for us to go forward. Uh, the African proverb says that you look backwards in order for you to go forward. We have a roadmap. And if we get lost, we got to go back to the roadmap and look where we got off on the exit and where do we get back on the exit. So we have to look at that. When we talk about class struggle, that is very important because we we hear that term all the time. We hear from President Barack Obama talking about enriching the middle class. When we talk about the middle class, if there's a middle class, there must be an upper class and a lower class. So we're talking about when the uh, president talks about middle class, he's talking about a class of brothers and sisters, of families and community, and culture that exists in the middle. The upper class is a class we would like to deal with. The upper class that rules in this society as of today is the racist and the capitalist class, simply meaning that the racists control the economics, the politics, the social behavior of the people in the society. And that class is a racist class of white supremacists. 
that created a middle class. The middle class that we look at today, uh, you can consider them the teachers. You consider them the doctors. You consider them the lawyers. You consider them the business uh, community that exists in that class that old, uh, brother, uh, President Obama talks about. But who is that lower class? Now, who is that class? Now, we talk about the upper class. We know America is run by racist, white supremacists. And that's a class that will exist whether you black, brown, uh, white. They're going to always keep a class. The ruling class must always have slaves. The ruling class must always have somebody that be a servant to them. And that ruling class in America, once again, I say it's white supremacy, racism, capitalism. So what we're talking about when we're talking about the middle class, those who are working in the middle, looking for that they will have an opportunity to be able to become part of an upper class. But when we talk about the middle class, who is the lower class, the unemployed? We're talking about the homeless. We're talking about brothers and sisters in the community who are losing a home by foreclosure, uh, gentrification. We are talking about the street formation that they call gang. We are talking about the broken family. So there's a class there, too. So when they talk about the class struggle, what our job is about is to bring about a revolutionary class. A revolutionary class consists of teachers and doctors and lawyers and businesses. It consists of the brothers and sisters uh, that is in the unemployment line. It consists of the homeless. It consists of the poor community. It consists of brothers and sisters who are in the formation that the government calls street gang. So when we talk about a revolutionary class, we are talking about a class like the Honorable Malcolm Josiah Garvey was talking about, the class that Honorable Malcolm Melhaj Malik was talking about when you're talking about organiza uh, organization of Afro-American unity. And Garvey talking about the organization of Universal Negro Improvement Association. When he talked about that we are one people, we're one people intellectually, we're one people that who don't have the schooling. We're one people who have business. We're one people who don't have no business. We're one people who have a home, and we're one people who don't have a home. So how do we bring about that uh, revolutionary class? How we unite that class? One of the things that we like to talk about is that revolutionary black nationalist class struggle. How do we bring about that? How do we bring about that? One is with you and I, who are on the line that have been blessed and being gifted. Our first job is to attack the mind. Uh, many times I've been hearing brothers and sisters using a language uh, off the pig, using the language, uh, we're going to do this, and using the language, ML. But on this program, we don't allow that type of language because we have mothers and sisters. We have children listening at this program. Because we got to get to the mind and bring about, number one, building a class struggle. We cannot use the enemy terminology. We cannot use the enemy language. Uh, we think it helps to use the enemy language, uh, MF and, and uh, the pig and uh, this and that. So when we talk about building a revolutionary class struggle, we must build a revolutionary culture struggle. And that culture struggle consists of knowing our history, knowing our history, our proper history, because his job on the genocide is what genocide means to destroy the culture of a people. Genocide means to destroy the heritage of a people. Genocide means to destroy the language of a people. And genocide means to destroy the way of life of a people. That is the definition of genocide, and that's under uh, international law. So what is our job? 
as revolutionary black nationalists and the revolutionary nationalist spirit and internationalists. Our job is to bring about a struggle, a class struggle through, number one, our philosophy and our ideology. We got to teach that. Wherever we at, we got to teach that. And not only we got to teach that, we got to show that. Because one of the greatest things we're dealing with in the class struggle among our people is the bourgeoisie. That's what we're talking about, the middle class, the bourgeoisie, or those who live in the suburbs. And the only thing that the European allow them to have in the suburbs is they lucky to have a home. But they're not going to allow you to have your church in the suburbs. They're not going to allow you to have your mosque in the suburbs. They're not going to allow you to have your business in the suburbs. So you got to come back where? In that class that they call the lower class. So you got your church in that third class. You got your mosque in that third class. You're lucky to have your business in that third class. So you come back and you organize that third class, but at the same time you set up fence around the church so our children don't have no place to play but in the streets. You uh, chain up everything, but you open it up on Saturdays and Sundays and Fridays. We're doing Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and Thursdays, everything in the community lockdown. We're talking about a class struggle. So our job is not just talking about the, the third development, excuse me, the third formation in terms of class. We're talking about organizing a revolutionary class that consists of doctors, that consists of teachers, that consists of lawyers, that consists of businessmen. And I end this by opening it up by saying this. Why ain't we got no revolutionary lawyer? I respect Brother uh, Dr. Zulu, the black lawyers for justice. I respect those lawyers who even have the audacity to put their name on that. I respect that. But where's our revolutionary doctors? Where's our revolutionary lawyers? Where's our revolutionary businessmen? Where's our revolutionary teacher? Why? Because they're being controlled by that upper class, that upper class of racism and capitalism, and that is the middle class. We got to organize the classes of our people and bring them to one class, and that's the revolutionary class, and in the end build a black national society, eventually a black national nation. And that comes to our ideology, uh, teaching, and uh, and we ain't gonna look for instant growth, and that's what happened. That many of us look for uh, instant growth. That this revolution gonna be overnight, and that the mindset gonna be overnight. You can't graduate from school overnight. You got elementary, you got junior high, you got high school, you got college. You know you can't just graduate. So the language, once again, we got to be have the proper revolutionary language, building a revolutionary culture. If we're using the language of the uh, 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 slave plantation, then we are maintaining the slave plantation because the words take on form. If we're using the way we're building our organization under the way that the European built his organization, it's not about democracy. It's about a bureaucrat, uh, hypocrisy. They don't believe in democracy of the people. So we have to deal with that type of language, and that's why I refer this program not as a show. But this is a program, and that everybody in the classroom, including me, I'm in the classroom to listen to, and we all can learn from one another. So when we deal with a class struggle, when you see an African who is a teacher, when the white racist see him, he'll pull him over and beat his head too. I don't care how many PhDs he got or what type of title he got. And he'll pull over and see a brother who don't have no degrees, but he will beat his head as hard as he will beat the PhD head. He see a man who's homeless. He will murder him the same way he will murder a man who have a home. 
So I'm saying that the class right. struggle is we are one people, and we have to understand that we have to have to have, to have that revolutionary class of people. To me, walking around uh, as a member of the People's right. Party, think I'm above my brothers and sisters in the street. Think I'm walking out here, uh, 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 got my own black power bureaucrat. Hey, man, I ain't got to be in a democratic movement. Uh, I don't have to be elected. I can be appointed. The people that got to love me, I'm, I'm the chair, I'm this chief, I'm this and I'm that. I ain't got to worry about the people. I self-appointed myself. That is not the African system. That is not no revolutionary democratic system. So when we deal with class struggle, we're talking about one people. What, what God has said, one God, one aim, and one destiny. And I leave it open. That's right. That's right. And we appreciate that. We appreciate that opening, Brother Carr. And I think that it goes to like what you're saying when you touch on the middle class. And there was a couple things that I wanted to touch on, but, you know, we're going to hit our phone lines, too, was talking about that middle class, talking about those people who have a vested interest, who have something to gain by keeping uh, the masses, what they call the lower class, the masses of people with France for known called the proletariat the everyday working class or the roughing proletariat and those brothers and sisters that ain't working right now, you dig? Um, by keeping them subdued and subjected to um, the upper class, they become puppets of. Down here, um, one of our dear sisters, our sister Nundy shares a, a sh- slogan she always says, are you a field nigga or a house nigga? You know, it comes from the, the, the saying of Malcolm. So we have a lot of the house niggas that have this house nigga syndrome that come down and want to keep the brothers and sisters who are unhappy with their current situations, caught up in their emotions, caught up blinded by empty rhetoric and sensationalism, by just slogans. I like what you said. Black power is not our slogan, but black power is our objective. Let's go to our phone lines, though. Open up some of our phone lines. We're going to start here with um, Jers, 973-5102. Your phone lines are open. New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People Talk, Black Nationalist Network. Talk to us. You already know, man, black power. I'm just on here, you know what I'm saying, letting people know that Jersey ain't here strong on the line, my brother. And I just made it mandatory black for power, my com- Thank you, sir. I just make it I just made it mandatory for my comrades, you know what I'm saying, to be on the line and listen to this. This is also political education. So I ain't have a question Absolutely. but I'm just saying letting y'all know that I'm on the line always, man. Black power. Sorry, man. Black power. Absolutely. Black power. Jersey and definitely Jersey in the house. And we appreciate um, Jersey listening in. And, Brother Chairman, I'll pu- I put you back, Brother Chairman Prime, I'll put you back on mute. But should you want to get back on and say something, you know, rebuke, uh, boot yourself or come back in the in the queue. But going into the class struggle, I think that it's important to know about this class struggle because there, again, like I said, and like uh, Brother Chairman Kahal was saying, you know, our national chairman uh, Kahal was saying that, you know, you got these, you you have people, self-appointed leaders, you have people doing things that really have a lot of bourgeoisie tendencies who are coming over as bourgeoisie Negroes. And they're, and they're using revolutionary rhetoric. They're using revolutionary talk to mask and disguise their intentions. A lot of them are capitalists, petty bourgeoisie capitalists. You know, it's about lining their pockets. It's about upward mobility in a cap- capitalist system. It's about finding their place. So they'll sell you things. They'll, you know, find all kinds of ways. Everything is about the money. And I'm not saying that economics doesn't play an important role. But if it isn't communal economics, if it isn't the economics that empowers us as a people, that advances us and moves us forward, then we have to question those economics. If it's just going to the individual to promote the individual so they can ride around in the, in the, in the big whips or live in the big houses, then we have to question that. 
And before I go to you, Brother Carl, let's 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 take one more caller. That we have a, a caller coming in. Eric um, seven seven zero four three eight seven. You're on the New Black Panther Party, People's Party, Black National. Assalamualaikum. Your line's open. Why Lincoln? Why Lincoln? Brother Phil Marshall, what's good? Oh, I'm good, relaxing. Yeah, we was just doing, they got a little rally down here on Indicator, man. I was on the phone. We're going to put another one together. They talking about what happened with that boy over here, man. You know what I'm saying? In fact, it goes on with the lower, the mid-class, and the uh, underclass. This man got shot. Right on. Coming out of his apartment. He came out of his apartment. The man had no clothes on. What can he do to you? What can, what can a naked man do to you? The police shot him mm-hmm. twice. Tell me he lunched at them. Now, if he, if he would have been some rich, say you would have been some rich old dude, but out there running butt naked, they wouldn't have said nothing. But they're, 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 mm. they're in the lower class, they're in the lower class neighborhood, so they're going to they shoot the man. Come on, bro. It's getting crazy now. Shot the brother twice. Be... Yeah, man, they killed the man yesterday down in Decatur, Decatur Atlanta. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was supposed to be this. What, what's that rule? Protect and serve? No, not kill at will. Now they just kill it for fun right. now, man. They're just killing now. They don't care now. They, they let you know, bro. They don't care anymore. All right, well, it ain't my fault. Line, though, that's from the Atlanta. Go ahead, brother. Brother, uh, no, I don't, no, it's not my fault. You getting beat up at home or got beat up in school? You ain't got to take innocent people's lives, man. That's all. That's, right. that's, that's, what you got to say, brother? What, what y'all brothers got to say, man? I was, I was saying for our brothers and sisters that's in the Atlanta area and may want to attend the protest, may want to attend the rally. Let us know a little bit where you guys at. Oh no, it's over in Decatur, Decatur Square right now. They all they over there right now, Decatur Square in the uh, downtown uh, Decatur. They over there marching the streets right okay. now. Okay, protesting the killing of of uh, of the brother man, and I'm sorry that the brother's name escaped me. Do you remember the brother's name? Yeah, his name was Kevin. I remember they said his name was Kevin. Kevin, yeah, that they killed the brother unarmed yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. down here, and and it goes to like what you were saying, man. It goes to that lower class. That the people that you know feeling that they don't, we don't have any rights. We don't have any represent, uh, representation out there. You know, mm-hmm. being from that lower class, and, they, and the, the police departments and the other departments like this just become the uh, enforcers of the upper class, and it's all in how they look at us. Brother Chairman God, did you want to add to that, man? Do you want to say something going on, touching on this subject? Uh, yeah, uh, we just had a shooting. Uh, Last night here, uh, also, uh, in terms of the police uh, uh, shooting a brother. It's on the line. Uh, uh, he is correct and that we have the right to be angry, and we have to control that. One of the things that is coming out of this, and this is why I would talk about the class struggle and getting to the minds of the people, out of all the protests that is going down, there are some individuals there for the first time, but now they need guidance for a long-term struggle. See, we have been dealing with police brutality and murder since we've been on this planet, and we have formed liberation armies and liberation front. And once again, it's you and I, and the brothers that just got through spoken, it's you and I to go and join these brothers and sisters and look at the mindset and see who can we pull. See, we got to take that energy and turn that energy in and bring about a philosophy and an ideology that's going to be having a long-range struggle because this is going to continue because an unorganized people is subject to genocide and murder any given time. So protest mm-hmm. 
assigned one that we must utilize because the masses of people are tired and they are angry. But the main thing is protest is not organization. Protest is mobilization. We can mobilize our people for the Great Million Man March. We can mobilize our people for the type of thing that's happening, but what will stop that is organization. And this is what they're well, scared know, of because we are, we are an unorganized people, and once we begin to internally look at ourselves and the formation that we're in and begin to build that revolutionary theology and begin bringing it to those brothers and sisters and building the cadre type of movement, that can stop. Believe me, right. that can stop. They do not want well, you know, a black nationalist formation, and they definitely don't want nationhood. Absolutely. I think one of the things that gets me when we talk about class struggle, when we go into um, that type of thing, that and let me open up the lines before I even get started. Let's open up the lines for our national minister of justice to join into this conversation. Sister Justice, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here, and I've been listening, and so many things ran through my mind. Uh, the brother that that just that tra- that that was violently transitioned into being an ancestor. I, I read something about that. It's, and and I'm saying the world is on fire. You know, in mm-hmm. in uh, Indonesia, the West Pulpit, same thing. Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. same thing. You know, uh, the only time this is going to stop. It's like Brother Kahar said, is when we start organizing. At this point, what's happening at this point is that the people who are not, uh, who are the elitists, who, who believe that uh, they can just talk and that, that puts them in front of cameras and whatnot, and that's their, their contribution to the struggle. What that's a form of classism in itself. And people that's on the ground doing the work, they look down on us. You know, like they don't have to, uh, they don't have to engage in that because they are already on the circuit and cameras and whatnot. Fact of the matter is, that's another form of classism. Um, Absolutely. If we touch on another um, issue, would be um, as black women, which is a whole other issue, but I'm just gonna put it in there. As black women, when you are successful black women, uh, a woman, brother Yanga, you and I talked about this in length, and. I'm, you know, so glad to have you as a brother. I always tell people I have never met any men that equate to my Panther brothers and my natural biological brothers. Never met any men like that. These individuals, it's also a class thing. If you got yourself together, there's a lot of professional black women out there. But the dudes that she runs into, these black men decide that they think they need to use her. There's something they can get from her. And there's a lot of them mm-hmm. call themselves conscious. And this is another form of classism. You know, um, it, it, when we speak about classism, we talk about victimization as well, unlawful victimization, because we see it with the killings. We see it with the women that can't find somebody that's decent. We see this thing going on and on. But as Brother Kahar said, as soon as we purge, when, what did uh, uh, Gil Scott Heron also said? When at last America is purged, went in America because the fact of the matter is they're gonna be purged. What's go- and, and all? <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> these elitists uh, who call themselves leaders, they're gonna be purged. As a matter of fact, it's happening now. 
And in the final analysis, it's going to be people like us that are left. And these folks ain't going to get out there and start killing these people with impunity as, the, as they're doing now because their time is coming. Nothing don't last forever. And, and, and the one thing I want to do, touch on, was the fact that I believe that there is something within some type of society or secret society within law enforcement. Because a homeless guy was killed over in, I think, New York. It killed a homeless guy. And this dude was black. But my point is that the way these killings are happening, I do believe that there's some type of secret order and they're killing these people. That's either a secret order or there's another order where they're taking these people's organs, black power. And we really need somebody that's on the inside to find out what's going on because, okay, again, we have Malik Zulu. But how many people are black power lawyers? How many people are black power counselors? How many people are just like We need to find people and identify them that are just like us. Black power, gentlemen. Black power. You can leave your line open for a little bit so you can come in and, and, and to address some of those things that you're, that you're saying. I think absolutely. One of the things that it reminds me of, though, is like what it's uh, attributed to Mother Moses, Harriet Tubman. She said she freed, what was it, 100 slaves, where she would have freed 100 more had they known they were slaves. I don't think that class struggle is really understood. We're living in an age of materialism. We're living in an age where that the lower us in the, the belly of the beast, the bottom of the rung, the lumpen proletarian, the ones that get boo-booed on and, 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 you know, peed on, for lack of better words, don't really understand it because we're still chasing the American dream. That success has been equated with the material possession. That if you have the $150 sneakers, you've made it. If you have the rims on your car, if you have this type of thing, then we're, we're, as long as we attribute that to success, we really don't see what's going on around us. And what happens is these uh, the petty bourgeoisie elitists in the so-called black community sell those dreams. They sell the American dream. And unfortunately, even coming into the revolutionary black nationalist understanding, you have these people that put on our uniforms and wear our buttons and our patches, and they sell the American dream of capitalism. They start to ally themselves with capitalist people who are all about upward mobility in a capitalist system. And they, yes, they sell them the dreams of that as, as being, you know, you can make it too. You, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps, not as a whole of people, not advancing as a people, not moving forward as a people. And like um, Chairman Kahan teaches us, he says that un- unorganized people are subject to destruction, subject to death, subject to mayhem, subject to all the things that are happening to us. And what happens is, like, my minister of information and I, and I hope he gets online tonight, I really do, so that he can he can put in here. But, like, he and I were talking, um, what we were talking about when we said that we become reactionaries, that the revolutionary, it's up to the revolutionary to teach this revolutionary element, to develop this revolutionary class. Look at Eric Garner, for instance, for example. We have suffered from am- Now we're on to the next brother that's been shot. But what has taken place from that? Have we rushed the citizens' review boards? Have we launched some major economic boycott against people who support the FOP or people who support these corrupt police officers in these cities like oh. New York City? You know what I'm saying? The only thing that has happened is that we've taken on that capitalist mentality and brothers who published I Can't Breathe t-shirts have gotten a little money. Look at Trayvon Martin. When we went down there, when we flooded Florida, 
We're going down. We're protesting for Trayvon, and we ran in and bought some damn Skittles and bought Arizona iced tea. We made them rich when we went to Florida. Hell, we did the biggest tourist attraction in Florida than Disney World at that time. We booked we booked hotels at the Holiday Inn. We didn't check to see if they were black owned, and if in fact they were black owned, were these black companies giving back to the community? Were they involved in some community program? Well, we 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 marched on Florida. We marched on Ferguson. And we stayed in these hotels and we ate at these restaurants. We didn't care if they were black owned. We were eating at McDonald's and this and that because we don't, we have unaccountable spending and we don't really think, we don't see things through. We get caught up in the emotions. And as long as we get caught up in the emotions, they do like what Malcolm told us that they do. They look out the window, they go to the man, he said they go to sleep until you're picking it. They got the man coming, Mazza, they out there picking it again. And people out the window, all they doing is picking it. Yeah, I go to sleep until they're done. Wake me when they're done with their picking. Wake me when they walked around, when they did the march, and they laid in the street, and they hollered, I can't breathe, and hands up, don't shoot, and they've exhausted themselves because they won't exercise any real political power. They won't exercise any real accountable spending or economic power by showing boycotts. I always go back to the example, and here's a civil rights person. I'm talking about the example of Dr. King. Now, you it's bad when I have to use an example of an integrationist, and in some cases, in a lot of cases, in a similist, you know what I'm saying, a civil rights person that showed the power of the Negro penny. Do you think the Montgomery bus boycotts, that they just had a change of heart? Oh, we feel bad for the Negro for making them get up and move his seat. They said, no, it was nigger pennies. They understood the power. They said, they're putting us out of business. But the Negro now, the black man now here in America, by not understanding that he is a lower class and that he's been exploited, that he's being oppressed, that he's being targeted, especially black people. You know what I'm saying? I talked to the people. We're going to have a show on our program here about multiculturalism. And I was talking to a black man, and he was saying, well, we need those other people. They open up resources. I told him, Negro, you the resource, that they capitalize on you. Look at everybody know Cheerios. Look at the damn honeybee. The honeybee's rapping and singing with Usher. Who you think that's for? Them white folks? They trying to get Negroes to run out there and buy Cheerios. Damn, honeybee's on there with Nelly. You know what I'm saying? The honey McDonald's is rapping now. Got the bling bling on. They're targeting you. They know that there's unaccountable spending in our community, that we're already the lower class, that we're hopeless and full of despair, and they're showing you that you need this bling to be successful. If you have these sneakers, you're successful. You're no longer, you can live like the upper class. You can look like the upper class. Like they say, if you can't be the upper class, look like the upper class. They got a saying down here, fake it until you damn make it. So as long as we have these people in, in, in positions of power, the, the, the Reverend Al Sharptons, these integrationists and these assimilists, the Jesse Jacksons, and now these so-called Negroes in revolutionary positions are fronting and flexing like they're revolutionaries, coming, saying, using our revolutionary slogans and screaming black power, and at the same time holding these conventions that open that people who are openly capitalists people who are openly down for the exploitation. And I'm asking a black man, especially you so-called black leaders, how can you endorse and support a system that was built on the backs of exploitation, murder, rape, mayhem, some of the worst human atrocities in the, in, in the history of the world to build up a country? And you support that, endorse that, and teach that to your people, and then you got the nerve to be coming under the guise as a revolutionary. You lucky us revolutionaries don't come and grab you and snatch all your revolutionary triumph and now y'all and throw you to the damn jackals. 
Chairman Clark, did you want to say something before we go to the phone lines? Because I see our phone lines are, are buzzing and some people want to get in and say something. Yes. Uh, one quickly is that under a dominant culture in America, which is a white supremacist culture, uh, when you turn your television on, that's all you see. You see them, you see their women, you see their sons, you see their daughters, you see their family. From rallies to McDonald's to selling cars to makeup and to everything. So it's a dominant uh, culture. We call it uh, culture imperialism, uh, simply meaning that they dominate the culture here. <laughs> the other thing is that uh, Malcolm made a uh, saying, and, and this is addressed uh, you and I because it's happening here in Cleveland. Uh, that the so-called white supremacy, modern-day slave owner, a slave master, is no longer uh, dependent on many of the Uncle Tom Negro. So you got the brother in the field who don't have a revolutionary ideology, or the sister who don't have a revolutionary ideology, a revolutionary theology. They out there protesting because they're angry and mad, but they don't have a revolutionary ideology in terms of uniting the people so they looking at the house, and the house looking good. You know, they looking at old Tom downtown, and he looking good. So they marching with us, and they get in position. They get in position, and then they begin to negotiate. Then they become the city councilman under black nationalist formation, which they have not a black nationalist thought. They do not have a black nationalist conscience. So they get in that position because it looked good, and next thing you know, they the new house Negro. They run for high office on on the masses of people supporting that they're going to bring about changes. This is why I say that we must have a revolutionary culture and a revolutionary thought in terms of black nationalism. It's not enough to chant black power. We must have that conscience and that mindset. And I say, as a man thinking, so is he. If we ain't thinking liberation today, back up. If we ain't thinking black nationalism today, back up. If we ain't thinking nationhood today, Next day, our organization will be called the Black Panther Party. Today, uh, the new Black Panther Party, People's Party, next day, next week, be called the new Black Panther Party for Integration. You know <laughs> why? You know why? Because we don't have the revolutionary theology, the revolutionary thought. It's easy to get mad and say MF. It's easy to get mad and say pick. easy to get that. But what is your theology? What is your revolutionary culture? What is your relationship with the masses of people building a democratic nationalist movement in society? So the European looking at the field Negro now. He's trying to find which Negro in the field is weak. He's finding which Negro in the field he can put over the field hand. So he'll pick up a, a so-called leader and put him on the media. And he on the media, he said he represent the black movement. He called himself a uh, um, uh, General Chewy, uh, 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 Bubblegum and all this. He got stars and bars and stripes and don't have three people behind him. But he's talking about he's a, a general of an army and, and don't even have an army. So he take this type of individual from the mass of the people and make him look like he's a leader. But this Negro wants to get in the house to negotiate not for the mass of the people, but to negotiate for his own wealth, for his own individual wealth. So he loses the consciousness, the class consciousness of we as one people and must be organized as one people. And that's the vanguard role. The vanguard role is not the part. The vanguard role is the mass of the people. So, yes, it ain't too much the house Negro today that I'm working about because we already know his lips are big from kissing butts. So we know him by his lips. 
But the one we're looking at today is the one who's walking with us, saying black nationalism and ready to take the philosophy and change it to compromise this philosophy of revolutionary black nationalism to compromise so that they can become and be called a leader by who? Not by the masses of people, but That's be right. called a leader by NBC, ABC, right. and CNN. Mm. Mm. Kennedy and Cole. Come right. on now. Yeah, CNN. Talk to me. Listen, Brother Chairman, let's go to these phone lines. We got some people waiting on, and we're going to come back. And, 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 and they touch the truth, bro. I mean, you really spoke the truth. It's, it's who you want to be called the leader back. I'm going to call 504-2772. You're on the New Black Panther Party, People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. I'm your I'm your host, National Spokesman, Yang and Krumah, with our National Chairman, Chairman Kahar. Your line's open, brother. Black Power, Black Power, brother, uh, uh, Chairman, I uh, mean, brother, uh, Yanger. Black Power, brother, I believe Man, soul, Black Power, Sister Justice, uh, Soul Power. Black Power. Um, Black Power, sir. Black Power. This, this is what I want to say to uh, brother um, uh, Abdul Kahar. Brother, I, I applaud you. I applaud you for uh, standing up because many brothers that was revolutionary back then, they is not in them no more. They, they, they didn't left it alone. You built for this struggle. I, I, I like what you're doing. It's in you, Black Power. Now, I want to ask a question to you, Brother Yanga, and to you, Sister uh, Justice. Now, are y'all promoting a lot of uh, uh, black students to go to black colleges? Because I know you heard the incident that happened in uh, in uh, the University of uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. And, Sister, are you going to are, are you speaking out against uh, 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 abusive relationship? Because they had a sister that was killed down here in New Orleans. A daughter was shot in the head, and her sister was uh, shot. And they found her boyfriend in Florida. So, are you speaking out against domestic uh, violence? Yes, we, you, you sir, we, we are. Um, I touched on that just for a moment, and I touched on it regarding the elitist mentality, uh, and and it has a lot to do with a lot of times these very successful young women, and 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 who it is she's left to deal with, and a lot of times, you know, the guy that that shot her is probably an individual who tried to do something to take advantage of her, and she said, oh, no, I'm not dealing with that. That's when he decided he needed to end her life because he can't use her. As my mother used to tell me, sometimes when they can't use you, they don't have no use for you. And as I say, you know, that is uh, another crime against individuals. It's a class type thing. It has to do with class. So even within our own culture, we have individuals who are upset and mad at us because we have achieved what we have achieved, regardless as to whether we're revolutionaries or not. And, yes, although that is another show, we certainly will be touching on that issue. And as far as Oklahoma is concerned, let them keep chanting because the louder they chant, the more we can chant because if they shut them up, they're going to pinpoint and target us. So let them keep chanting their nigger slogans. Let them keep doing that because when we start calling them crackers, I want to see just how they're going to try to shut that one down. All these people want to be belonging to these Greek, Roman, uh, orgy-type, uh, converted, but the butchery madness. Let them keep trying to be a part of that and not join in anything that's revolutionary because guess what? There's a purge going on, and they will be purged, my brother. Trust me. Black power. Black power. Black power, Black brother Yanger. I love what you're doing, brother. Soul yes, power. Soul power. Right on. Um, brother, you know, man, to answer the question, like you said, I, I don't think it, it's something, man, that one of my brothers told me, man, the Dub, see, we call him the chief counsel down here, man. He was talking about the nature of a, the nature of a thing. And he said that, man, if you buy a snake 
and the snake turns around and, and bites you, then you know it was a snake in the beginning. I don't think that we should be surprised at the behavior of a people who have historically shown that the black man, that they've had a disdain, a dislike for the black man here in America. And when we assimilate them, it's like anything. You know, I don't like people to pretend, what do we call them, wiggers? I don't like anybody to pretend to be me. You know what I'm saying? But I encourage education. I, I, I'm a big advocate of education, especially if you take that education and come back to rebuild your community. I think our problem is, is we get our education and we want to assimilate. We want to get in and we want to be accepted. We get education and we start to try to learn I speak proper grammar and I do this and do that to have them to accept us. And we have to realize that who are they that we're seeking their acceptance? Now, we can get these educations and we can build our community. This is black nationalism, that we have to build a black nation, that we have to start to be self, uh, self-sufficient and independent and start to rely on ourselves, start to look within our communities and look within our people to provide the resources. Everything we need is right there. And I think that that's, that's the first thing. So I am a big advocate of education getting that. As far as the domestic uh, uh issue, we at the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, don't advocate that in one least. But we know that that's a, a, a symptom. That is a symptom of a bigger disease, and that disease is called unhealthy social conditions. When you take a man out of his very nature, when you put a man in a, a position where he can't provide for his family, when he's constantly belittled and ridiculed and beat down by society, when he's living in fear of his life, he may be pulled over for a traffic ticket, and that may be the last time you see him. He's constantly under stress. Like the defense, uh, like the Minister of Justice and I were talking about one time, PTSD. You get these soldiers that go off to the military. They've been in Iraq for three weeks, six months, and they come back and they shook. They get all kind of checks. Man, I know brothers was born in gunfire. Gunfire were their lullabies. Gunfire is what nursed them then Rock them to sleep at night, sirens, helicopters flying overhead, searchlights coming in their window. Grew up born and raised in war zone. So how much more do they suffer? On top of that, poor education, the school system. Then you're looking at poor nutrition, the uh, fast food places in our community, our grocery stores not carrying the proper foods, and us just not knowing how to, how to um, get from the basic food groups. So all of these things, this is what we're talking about when we talk about class struggle. These are some of the things that affect the lower class. And us as revolutionaries, you and I, and the other revolutionaries on the line, that is our job to create a revolutionary class, to go out here to educate the masses on how to change their conditions and how to make a better condition for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And then I think that once we start looking at the problem and start tackling and addressing the problem, not ignoring the system, mind you, not ignoring the symptoms, rather, mind you. You know what I'm saying? We need the brothers need to know that it's especially dealing with our pastors and our black women. There's some consequences for everything that you do, but at the same time, not letting that just be too too long. Do we just address the symptoms? Too long? Do we just address the symptoms? But what are the problems? What is the root cause of a lot of these problems? And us as the revolutionaries, we're saying that we know the root cause, and we have to start to prepare ourselves, start to ready ourselves start to arm ourselves, not just in physical armament, you know what I'm saying, like these sensationalists would have you to believe, romanticize the revolution, you're going to get your shotgun and walk up and down the street, but we're talking about mental armament, spiritual armament, emotional armament, um, 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 and all of these things that go into defense, you know, defending oneself from the bombardment of, of everything that they're shooting at our community. And I think that once we start preparing ourselves for that, once we start uh, building up that armor, of these attacks that they're levying against us, then we'll start to see some of these symptoms slowly but surely 
uh, dissipate in our communities. And I hope, Brother Harold, that that answers some of your questions. Did you have another? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. That answered everything, brother. That answered everything. I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the show. Yes, sir. So proud, brother. We appreciate you calling in. And let's do it. And let's go to our chairman, but before then, let me give out our call sign. This is the new Black Panther Party, People's Party, the People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. I'm your host, national spokesman, Yangin Krumah, chairman of Atlanta, Georgia. We have the People's Chairman, our national chairman, Chairman Carr, and we're blessed today to be joined in and keeping our mic open with our national minister of justice, Dr. Justice, you know, giving up them truths and giving up them wisdoms, especially bringing that balance from a feminine energy. And Sister Justice, let me personally thank you again for being on the line, taking this time out of your hectic, busy schedule to come and share with us. Yes, sir, Brother Yang. It's always a pleasure to be where you are because the energy is just very nurturing and fulfilling. Black power, sir, and Brother Kahar. Black power. And all the other brothers, you know, all the other brothers on the line, y'all just inspire me. And it, it, get, it motivates me. That inspiration motivates me, and it keeps me grounded. So, you know, just let me say, you know, be, being a doctor is, is, is really an incredible experience. And when I hear somebody else say it, it's like, oh, wow. And you'd be surprised that our own people don't respect the fact that, that I am a doctor. And sometimes you have to say to them, listen, do you realize who you're talking to? Because they don't respect me, but if I was white, they would call me by my, they would call me doctor. And they would respect the fact that I have a doctorate. But just the right. average, you know, black folks, what they do is, you know, they'll come into your business and try to get a break. But they won't go to the white man and try to get a break because he because they feel some kind of affinity to you where they, uh, they want to just shortchange you. But by the same token, I am a doctor, and, and, and Brother Kahar knows that we do have doctors within our formation. We do have individuals who are straight up and down professionals, teachers, ministers. We have these individuals, black power. And, and again, like I said, y'all keep on inspiring me because as long as you do that, I'm going to always be here, black power. Black power. Jeremy Carr, you heard some of the things that our big brother from New Orleans said, you know, about um, the the universities and things. And this goes into the whole class struggle and black nationalism and the class struggle. What do you have to say about uh, everything that you've been hearing so far, sir? First of all, uh, I definitely got to give the uh, great respect.
Hold a second. Uh, uh, hear me now. Um, yeah, we can hear you better. It just keeps coming in and out, sir. Okay. Uh, one is that in terms of class struggle, uh, the job of, of, of anti-humanity job, which is racism and white supremacy, is to divide the male and the female, to divide the children from the parents, to divide the parents from the community, to divide the community from the nation. And so their job is to keep the classes from coming together, especially we as one people, see. We as one people, and let me share this real quick because I know the call is waiting. Before the counterintelligence program, FBI began to target black nationalism as the internal threat to uh, the internal threat to the United States. It was socialism. It was communism. Why? Because under the leadership of the socialist and communist movement in Russia and throughout Europe, they tore down the bureaucrats, uh, the shahs and the czars uh, uh, and all them, and they set up a class struggle called socialism where they said that the workers would control the uh, products of the society, that the workers will become the leaders and the masses of the people. So they were fighting communism in this country. They were fighting socialism because socialism was saying that there was a class struggle that the workers are want. Now, all of a sudden, here pops up black nationalism. It's a whole other minute. Black nationalism means economics. Black nationalism means political. Black nationalism means ideology. It's a whole other minute. So they had to stop focusing on the socialist movement because the socialist movement was even trying to infiltrate the brother and sister become part of the socialist movement in this country called the Communist Party movement then. But when the black nationalist movement came on the scene and started uniting brothers up north, uniting brothers down south, I'm talking about the, that not only was I economics, land economics, economics, the opinion and philosophy Politics, and not only that, defense, their absence. So he was uniting under that leadership, one God, one aim, one destiny, meaning one people. So he was talking about the class, because even in Gavi movement, there were doctors, there were scholars, there was captains. He even had pilots that you know, fly the Black Eagle Corps that uh, the Honorable Gavi was setting up. So he was bringing one class together, and he was building a nationalist society. He was building a nation. So they don't look at the individuals. They look at the organization that has the power to bring about the classes of African people to one. This is why when the Million Man March came and and, and we organized a local uh, uh, organizing committee, the first job was to destroy that. Because in that Million Man March, there was many brothers who had class differences. But when we came to that march, we took a pledge in that march. And I end up by saying that this pledge, the number one says, I pledge that from this day forward, I will strive to love my brothers as I love myself and my sisters. I pledge that from this day forward, I will strive to improve myself spiritually, morally, mentally, politically, economically, for the good of myself and the family and my peoples. And this is what we talk about economic. I that from this day forward, I will strive to build businesses, to build homes, to build hospitals, to build factories, and to enter the universal trade for the good of myself, my family, and my people. That is bringing the class struggle to what? And that's what they're afraid of. 
We need doctors. We need lawyers. We need businesses. We also need builders. We also need soldiers. You know what I'm saying? We also need farmers. The government said, no, we must keep them separated, the male from the female, the family from the family, organization from organization. So their job is to know that united we live, divided we die, people subject to slavery any given time. Hmm. Right on, right on. I think that's the but so here's the question. What's what's gonna be that, that, that unifying factor? You know what I'm saying? We talk about the class struggle, we talk about uh classism, we went into a little bit of classism. What is black nationalism? And what can we do to promote black nationalism? We have a lot of people out there, a lot of our party members are listening out there, a lot of chairmen on the line, a lot of members. But how do you get out there in the everyday struggle in the trenches, in the muck and the mire? and promote this black unity, promote this ideology called black nationalism? What's going to be the unifying factor? What, what is that thing that will spark the black businessmen to want to participate? And this is the importance of, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the importance of PC. I'm, I'm sitting here looking on the line, and I got some members in my party not on, but they, they asses are chewed when I get off this line because, like you said, like I'm saying, if you don't have the PEC, if you don't have the political education, you're not going to know how to go out and to make it relatable to them. We're coming in the wake of people who have hijacked our revolutionary understanding, especially the vehicle of the Panthers that we use. And it has been, um, um, and a lot of people who had their first time introduced to them is left a stain in their mouth. It's left a bad taste. So what's going what's gonna to separate you? What's going to make you different? What's going to make your ideology and philosophy different from what they're saying? And if you don't know black nationalism, you'll just be out there quoting the same rhetoric. Kill Whitey. It's the white man. It's all his fault. But the people have to understand why, how this relates. When you tell them that they're from the lower class, what does that mean? I'm from the proletarian. I'm from the lower class. What does it mean, upper class? You know, what does it mean, middle class? Who are the middle class? How does this affect, how is this relatable to me? And it goes into, like, what our sister Justice is saying, sexism. You know, after we shake off this white supremacist uh, uh, mentality, we have to understand that the revolutionary is not a sexist. We don't practice sexism. We don't, get, we don't believe in the inferiority and the superiority of the male and female gender. We're not to, to the two extremes. We're not running around thinking that, that the black man is God and every woman is inferior, nor are we running around, sister, you the goddess of the earth and the man is inferior. But that we all have to roll up our elbows and dig in to raise our people from the muck and the mire, from the degradation, from the misunderstandings and the misinformation given to us. That we have to emulate like what they're doing in Jersey, the liberation school. That we have to teach a revolutionary culture to instill pride and dignity in our people to understand that we come from a mighty people and the behavior that we're exhibiting, the things that we're doing is not worthy of being called an African people in America. It's not worthy of being called a black people and African people nowhere in the world. So how does this translate into some real action? And what are those actions that we can take? What practical steps can we take to see these things come to fruition, to make them realistic, to where they're not just talk, to where we're not just waiting on a Wednesday night to tune in to get our dose, to get our fix, to get our hit, to get our get highs on black nationalism. But we can get out here and enact it. And I'm looking for you, brothers and sisters. What are some of your suggestions? 
Never again, this is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk. Like our chairman said earlier today in the uh, beginning of the show, we learn from one another. We build off one another. We feed off one another. I'm your brother and you're my brother. I'm your brother and you're my sister. Help your comrade. Our condition in every city is the same, and most of us on these lines listening now, whether we know it or not, are from that lower class that we're talking about. We're in that class struggle. How do I shake these shackles off of me? And what's shaking the shackles off of me? Explain to my brothers and sisters that they have shackles on themselves. Let's go to our phone lines and open up our phone lines because we have a caller that wants to call in. 832-8922. You're on the new Black Panther Party, People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Networks. Your line is open. Black Power, comrades. Black Power, Black comrades. Uh, this is Brother Yakana. Man, Black Power Minister Information. What's, what's uh, a good I, word, sir? Oh, everything is good, brother. I heard you talking, and uh, I'll be on the line listening, but uh, you got so many uh, informed listeners, I'll be a little, uh, kind of a little shy to get on with all this knowledge out there in the world nowadays. You need to uh, stop that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wanted to make that. I, I wanted to make a couple of comments as far as, uh, you know, getting out, talking to the people. Uh, you know, one thing that we have to do is, you know, some people come into their spiritual consciousness, but, uh, you know, the next thing that you come into is your political consciousness. And uh, we have to be a guiding light toward these brothers and sisters as far as getting out here learning. You know what I'm saying? You said you was tripping about some of your people not being on the line, and this is where we get our political education from. It's like the every seven days you got to come back and get it so you'll be able to stay strong and stay encouraged. And uh, as far as the classroom is, is, is concerned, I'm sitting up seeing something else that's going on in our communities that we better be well aware of because we got some brothers and sisters that's coming through our communities and they're sitting up here speaking black power, black consciousness, this and that and all that. But we don't want to look up 10 years from now and these people that came through our communities and they end up raping us and they can sit up here sitting mm-hmm. with, with with millions of dollars in their pockets and we ain't got no kind of organizational skills going on because they're sitting up there leaving with the dough, but they ain't sitting up putting nothing back in the community. So we have to be very, very aware of those types of things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, and and our national minister information is absolutely right. And this is what we're talking about, minister, that the um, without the proper political education that the people's emotions are exploited that we understand that we're people who have been downtrodden, that this is how, and, and, and not knocking any of our spiritual centers, but a lot of our spiritual centers, this is how they get a week over there to release all of this pent-up anxiety, some of this, this the uh, depression and despair, some of the hopelessness we feel. We find that, uh, um, that, that release in our spiritual centers. And so for some of us out here who have a love for our people, you have pimps and pirates. You have bandits, what we call revolutionary pimps. I like what Cleveland does. If they find out you're a revolutionary pimp in Cleveland, they put a damn wanted post on. And don't think they're well doing it. They will, they, will, they will put a post and say, beware of a revolutionary pimp, a black power pimp. And so you have these people that come, and they understand. You have to understand that they understand the psychology of our people. They understand the pent-up aggression and frustration of our people, and they come and espousing feel-good doctrines. Your black power, and this and that, and then they pass around the bucket, like you're saying, Brother Minister, and people are throwing in the bucket, and they're using our name, and they're using especially 
Panthers and other pro- progressive black organizations that are known for social programs in the community, that people are donating and people are putting in money, ready to see some social change because they heard this fantastic or this fiery orator get up there and give this outstanding speech. He's got up there and he just waved his arm around. He failed and jumped around and said all the right things. And then the Negroes get in their car and leave your city, raped them up. This game is Kong has come through. Now your city's looking crazy. And a lot of us are left holding the bag. You know, so we have to be mindful of these things. And this is why it's important to give our people political education so that our people can get their heads out of the cloud and know that we don't promise an easy victory. That we're saying it's going to take work. That it's going to take, like I said earlier, rolling up your sleeves and getting, getting your hands dirty. It's going to take wiping the sweat from your brow. It's going to take getting out there, actually meeting the people that you're trying to um, not save because we're not coming with the savior mentality, but you're trying to assist. And the reason you're trying to assist them is because you're letting them know, brother or sister, am I assisting you? Am I helping you? Am I aiding you? I'm aiding myself. We're the same people. We're one and the same. Like our national chairman told us, one God, one aim, one destiny, and in Cleveland they say one enemy. So we're one and the same. I'm in the same boat trend. If this boat sinks, then my feet are getting wet also. Then I better learn how to swim. So we need to learn how to swim together. I'll repair this boat together and row the shore together. So this is the thing that we, this is what we're pushing and what we're promoting. Jimmy Carr, man, because you know how I get on the camera. I love my people. Yeah. And I hate to see us taken advantage of. You know, so did you want to add something to this, sir, before we go to the phone line? Yeah, uh, this is why... Uh, when I uh, started out and talking about uh, genocide mean a systematic destruction of a people, of a race of people, a destruction of a nationality of a people, and in the dealing with culture is dealing with our heritage and our language. And one of the languages what it deal with is that you hear a lot of times brothers and sisters say, and I'm learning how to how to even use. Uh, the revolutionary terminology, because one thing that we have to do, and this is what Brother Yakinon was talking about, one thing we have to do, we have to throw language out there, and and the mind has to reach out there to grow. See, if we keep using the language, see, when 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 the police killed that, uh, 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 murdered that brother, I say police. I can't say pigs. That's describing that pig that's sitting in that pen. No, you call the enemy what the enemy is, and you make it clear it was a police. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be clear so that the people, when we speak, that's the mayor. See, we got to use terminology where, where the people is at, and then we have to throw things to grow. Number one, when we say, when we deal with God, we always say he. The proper turn is creator. See, so... Subcontrol, we're saying he. Then we go back and you find out many of the spouse abuses done because many of the brothers and sisters have been indoctrinated that woman uh, calls man to slip. These are language that we understand. The language, the language the white man is the black man. These are, these, these are language that is called in division. So we have to understand, we have to have the uh, revolutionary theology. A revolutionary theology that will speak. To all of us as a people and not divide us. And we got to be careful of the language because it will be built into our children. A woman ain't nothing mm-hmm. from the beginning. Look what she did. And when you say God is he, then you're looking at that European and we say that, I'm going to call the man on you 
We dressed up to the podium. Well, man, here come the man. You the man. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. you mean? So the language is in our language. So, and I must conscious us, uh, 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 go to our conscious. This is a formation that started from the day when they stepped foot on the mother and father land. And so we are still in the process of moving, and our victory will be won. But it's in our language and turning the revolutionary theology terminology to the people, and we have to throw it out there because the people to think, what is neocolonialism? These are revolutionary terms mm-hmm. the mass of people must know. What is a community and a colony? A community means that we have our own business, we have our own school, we have our own uh, center of worship. A colony is that is run by somebody outside. We live not in no community. We live in a colony. It's run by outside agencies of white supremacists, and it is enforced by insurgents. Who is the insurgent? The insurgents are the police department. See, so Mm -hmm. we have to start... Using revolutionary terms to stop using old sixty term, uh, yeah, give up and this and that, down the pig. No, use terms where the mass of people understand. That man that kicked your door in, or that boy that kicked your door in, is a police. That's that right. man or that boy that come down in your community, he's an Arab or he's a, he's an Asian. That's so we right. have to use That's right. we have to use the terminology to grow our people. All this sixty stuff. Uh, 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 shouting like we all bad and all that, and then the people look at us and say, hey, uh, uh, "Man, that's that's in the sixties." We have to go exactly. where the that's, people's that's, at. Exactly, and that's I to play on our play on our nostalgia, you know, yeah. playing on our emotions and our nostalgia. Yeah. Also, um, gentlemen, if I can if, if I can get in here for a moment, yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Brother, brother Kahar is absolutely right. Uh, when you learn the meaning of the word um, um, organized crime. They throw it out there, and the first person you think about is John Gotti. And the fact of the matter is the real meaning of the word means that you got to have politicians and police in order to have organized crime. And that is not what the masses know. When you say the word molest, the first thing people think is pedophilia. And the fact of the matter is that's not what it means. Molestation means to, to get somebody's trust and do what you want to do to them. So it's not mm. so this wordplay, this wordplay is really something that we really need to get a handle on because this is the thing that's messing up black people. Like he said, um, a lot of these black men believe that it, that this, the fact that, uh, that it was the woman that made the man the slip. And the fact is that the man is a real let, man. Let, let me say this. Yes, yes. Let me say this, because I have some atheists in the group, and I just seen his line light up now. So y'all going to have to answer to him <clears throat> with the theology question, because he that's is a right, straight son. Right. son, I see you lighting up. I, I know yeah, you don't yeah. play this theology. He says, he says yeah, we are a revolutionary movement. Start getting in that. When we start getting in religion, it's going to start alienating and dividing the people. So I'm just letting y'all know, when y'all start talking to Christians, you know, religion, y'all down here, he's one of the brothers that keeps me straight. As far as keeping my, you know, just let him know that he got a master's and a doctor in it on the line, Black Power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's, but he's, he, I'm going to let him know, but he's, he's, he's going to be right in some of his thing, and he knows I'm going to take some of his thing. But first, before I even but do that, let me ask, I did, brother, I now some information you recognize. Did he have any more to add to that, or I, I wanted to say anything else to that? 
touching on touching on the religion, you know, once we get through, uh, once we get up off our knees praying to God, if you still got a man over there with a pen in his hand shaping your destiny, then we still got a problem. So we got to throw our guards down right and get on this political consciousness. Right on, right on, right on, right on, and you can use that. Yeah, right on. I'm gonna open up his. I'm gonna open up his line because he's been home for a minute since Chairman Carr went into the spiel. And I see you too, six seven eight one six six. We're gonna hit, and I, I haven't forgotten you, all my listeners. But we're gonna open it up to my um, local minister information, uh, brother Black Sun. All power to the people, man. Black power to black people, brother Sun. What's good, man? Hey, what's good? You know. Hey, man. I gave everybody forewarning, brother. What's, what's happening? Yeah, one thing that I, I like to tell people what black nationalism is not. Black nationalism is not a theocracy, okay? Now, one thing, that, you know, I like to keep it plain. You know, I like to do Yanga. One fact that black people tend to ignore is that the Hebrew Israelites are going to stand their ground the Christians are going to stand their ground. The Kinetic people are going to stand their ground. The atheists, definitely, we're going to stand our ground. And the Muslims are going to stand their ground. Now, Malcolm said this back in 1964 about religion. The fact remains is that religion divides us. So in order for us to come together as black nationalists, we need to avoid the things that divide us. We talk about God and Spirit and Jesus and promise that divides us. That's a fact. I think we as a family unit, a revolutionary unit, we're trying to ignore what offends our brothers and sisters. We tend to want to bring them in on our theocracy, and we tend to want to bring them on on our personal culture. You know, we talked about last week, you know, what culture is. You know what I'm saying? That we can't, you know, religion and culture are like one and the same to me. You know, we might have different types of dance. We might listen to different types of music. We might, like, you know, I'm a vegetarian, but I'm not going to force veganism on my revolutionary brothers because I think we need to come together and deal with the police brutality. We need to deal with the economic systems. We need to deal with poverty. We need to deal with the medical aspect, we need to deal with the voting. We need to deal with the politics. We go on and on and on about religion and spirituality. I'm just like, y'all lose me. You know what I'm saying? We need to deal with the more tangible. I think we as black people, we got spirituality coming out of our ears. And as I come out of our ears, we still fail to realize is that that is not a uniting factor. That is a fact. You know, that that's a fact. So with that being said, I just said that I think we need to avoid the things that divide us. Religion divides us. Spirituality divides us. Culture divides us. Because if I take my culture, I'm a crip. A lot of y'all are not going to be wanting to get with that. You know what I'm saying? But cripping is a culture. I said it again last week, homosexuality is a culture. I'm not a homosexual, but if you put in first your culture, who's to stop them from enforcing their culture? So we can't use those things. We need to use black nationalism as our uniting factor and as avoiding everything that divides us. So that's just my two cents. Right on, brother. I appreciate you. Um, 
this uh, information coming in, and we're going to go down the lines because you know I got a high pa- I got a high powered panel tonight, and all the nationals. I'm letting you know your lines are open because I have the National Central Committee on, basically, and and I don't know how many times the opportunities people will have to address National Central Committee. You got me, your national spokesman, Yang and Krumah, Chairman of Atlanta, Georgia. I got the national, uh, the people's chairman, the national chair, Chairman Abdul Kahar out of Cleveland, Ohio. I got our national minister of information on coming out, our chairman out of Houston. I got our national um, um, minister of law and justice, Dr. Justice, also our, our south, also our southeast, no, our eastern regional representative. So we got high power with central committee on, all our nationals on. So brothers and sisters, your lines are open to redress some of these things. And if we could keep our, kind of keep our, our comments and our um, and responses down to a couple minutes, so we can go to these phone lines. But Chairman Kahar, we'll open up with you. How would you like to respond to uh, what Minister uh, Black Sun was saying? First of all, uh, let me break this down uh, clearly. When we talk religion, religion is no more than a way of life. It's a way of life. The brother who out there hustling every day that wakes up in the morning, goes out and hustle, come back in the evening, go back out and do what he's doing, that's his religion. That's the real life. And they got nothing to do with anything spooky. The religion in America, they are white supremacists. That's the real life is to control the classes of poor people and exactly the classes of black people to keep them down. That's religion. And when we talk about terms black and white, that ain't got nothing to do with religion. And when you deal with spirituality, that is a natural thing. We only came corrupted when we came out of society. We all know wrong from right and right from wrong. Our parents, as our parents teach us, spirituality is uh, 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 a natural growth. And I say this again. Every major leader that we had in the society, including Malcolm, they were able to lead us because they had spiritual and moral principles. From Cain to Harry Tubman to Nat Turner to Malcolm to Marcus Garvey, those the facts. Those the facts. What about, uh, I'm going to hit you with what son will hit you with, what son always kills me with, Huey P. Newton. Huey P. Newton. Your line is open, too. Yeah, Huey P. Newton, who was an atheist. You know, that's one of Sun Black Sun's favorite quotes. Because I, I, I said the same thing. Well, you know, the religious people said, well, what about Huey P. Newton, who was an atheist? Well, let me say this. I came through that formation. People say what mm-hmm. they can say. But the majority of our breakfast program was where? In the churches. In churches. Yes. Many of our breakfast program was held in the churches. Many of our programs came out of the, the business community. Many of our lawyers came out of the business community. Hewitt Newton... I'm not into his belief. All I'm saying that the masses of brothers and sisters in America, we must have more principles. And I'll tell you, to be honest, I can be an atheist. Why? Because I reject the theology of white supremacy and Arab nationalism in any religion. Okay. Right, right. That's, right. That's right on. Right, right on. on. Come on, you know. Yes. I don't believe in their theology. So today I'm an atheist. But I do know that our people by nature and our movement by nature and in a culture by nature would lead us and move us forward without moral principles in our home. 
without moral principles in our organization, we were soon to be destroyed. The enemy we deal right. with don't have moral principles. And this That's ain't got right. nothing to do with any religious institution. It got something to do with our culture. And when we came here or kidnapped and brought here, all of that was taken care of, was, was, was actually destroyed, and genocide was part of that to take our spirituality away from us and say, do your own thing. They took our language from us and said, you must speak the king language. And they did everything in terms of a whole language to destroy our people. And once again, our movement is not a religious movement. My religion is black nationalism. It's simply meaning that I wake up in the morning knowing who I am. I go to bed knowing who I am. Every day I walk the street, I know who I am, whether in a in a panther uniform or whether butt naked. I'm a nationalist. Right on. And and that's natural. Sister Justice, give yes, you a sir. couple yes, a couple sir. minutes. I heard you up with my minister of information said uh, a black son, and I'm down here every day, so I talk to him, so I kind of know the argument um, that he's coming from. And when I say argument, not in the negative sense, but in the sense of a righteous debate of exchanging of ideas and, and, and a meeting of the intellect. And a lot of the things that I think he says is right and exact, and that's why I kind of run my party he down here a little different. He did. Like, I'm in yeah. agreement with him. I'm in agreement with him. Um, a lot of times people, uh, because I wear a collar, they believe that I am a Christian, and I have to correct that during any type of uh, forum, public forum that I'm in. I'm a spiritualist. And the and 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 the 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 collar merely means, you know, that I carry the yoke of a people of the Creator, the people of the Son, and the fact of the matter. I mean, Son, one S U N. And the fact of the matter is, uh, when we were at our summit, I, I explained the fact that when we say Minister of Information, Minister of Culture, what we're saying is that these people carry the yoke. Don't they? They need to wear. The, the, the collar But the fact of the matter is They carry the yoke sir And when it comes to uh, Religion This religious thing clearly does divide us And I'm just going to keep it brief When I say um, uh, I, we All these religions Belong to us It depends on where we was colonized And who we was colonized by What we think and what we believe Black power sir Black power My dear brother Black beautiful power. brother Minister Yakinai we come to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad you got to me. I, I, this is a hot topic. I'd love to speak on this here. Um, there are different ways, there are different routes we can take to get to a certain point. Um, you know, somebody may come along my route. You know, I was spiritual because I came through the spiritual route to get to this point. If it wasn't for my spirituality, uh and my relationship with the ancestors, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. I would have just believed everything that I was told. So, uh, you know, there may be some, some brothers that's going to end up, uh, you know, going your brother's way. You know, who's an atheist. I have no problem with that. Whenever we standing back to back and we and we, and we we uh, at war with these crackers, I'm not going to ask you how you got here. That's not my main concern. <laughs> there you go. Right. is, you that you here, I'm glad you got here. 
And any other brothers that's going to come your way that I can't relate to, I'm going to send them to you. And any brothers that you can't relate to, you send them to me my way, and let's just get to our ultimate total goal at the end of the day. Like power. Like, no. sure. wow. like, I, just, I just want to say something really quick. We touched on how it is that we were able to build this thing. And before we get off, I just want to say that uh, we need to form organizations. I have community life services. A lot of people ain't, ain't set up to be cancers. So you got to form a, another organization, Black Power. Black Power. As, as for me, you know, like I said, son and I talk all the time. I'm unapolog- unapologetically, unabashedly a Muslim. Now, he knows I'm a Muslim, uh, and I don't have a problem with that. I think that, like he says, though, when it's time for us to get together with on black nationalism, we understand that it's not led by the Muslims or by the Christians, but by our need to advance right. and to progress as a people. By the fact that we have a, a same shared experience, we have a common oppressor, we have the same conditions that plague me as a Muslim that we understand out here in Atlanta. When when we're pulled over, the police doesn't say, Assalamu alaikum, nigga. He doesn't say, may Jesus bless you, nigga. He doesn't say, no God, nigga. He says, nigga, and he shoots. You know what I'm saying? So we, we understand that's that we right, have we share right. the same, we coming under the same oppression. And the thing that will unify and unite us is revolutionary black nationalism. That my spiritual, right. that my, you know, that my Islam acts as my moral compass. It acts as my spiritual motivation and, 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 and what guides me to do what's right. And I think that any people, it's like our manual teaches us, that we don't knock religion. That we, you know, if you want to have a religion, but we say see yourself in that. Have a revolutionary theology. If you're a Christian, see black Christianity. See what it, it molds and motivates you to get out here and to do for your community, to unite, to unify with other people of a like mindset even if they're not of the like theology, of the like mindset of building and empowering your community, building and empowering your people in a fight for liberation and self-determination. Let me go to my phone lines, though, because our minutes are getting ran. Like I said, man, I love this. There again, this is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk Black Nationalist Network. Tonight is a wonderful night. We try to veer from the subject, but tonight you have your National Central Committee on the line. So you have me, Brother Yanger, your national spokesman. We have the people's chairman, our national chairman, Chairman Abdul Kahar. We have our national minister of law and justice, Dr. Justice. And we have our national minister of information, Chairman Yakanai, coming from the show. If you have questions, comments, or answers, you want to ask about what the Panthers are doing, what we're trying to do, what's going on with black nationalism and the class struggle, anything, you can hit us up. We'll open up your phone lines because we want to hear from you. This is what it's about, empowering the people. Let's go to our phone lines, man. I've had someone so patiently waiting, and I want to thank you, brother and sister. Area code 678-1666. You're on the line. New Black Panther Party, the People's Party. You're open up. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm Kyle Rodriguez, and I'm a member of Growth and Development. Um, what, two things What's going I wanna, on there, brother? Uh, hey, how you doing? Uh, two things I want to uh, bring up. Um, one thing is, um, you know, the, um, the, the, the gangster, uh, the gangster mentality, you know, a lot of our, um, young sisters, you know, they start out thinking that, you know, uh, they in the gang, that, you know, they in the thug is, is, is the way to go. Um, and, um, once that happens, you know, they end up with a bunch of, um, you know, cause it really ain't no future in it, but you know, they get that, that fake love going on, that false love going on. 
So, you know, by the time they get a turn, hey, they have a bunch of different kids. Dad, uh, dad is in jail. You know, kid, dad is in jail. So they trying to fend for themselves and then trying to get other thugs, you know, start dating other thugs and end up, you know, with a circle of the same problem. So the kids grow up and they want thugs and they want to be a thug. And, and you know, and that's the way to divide, you know, us as a community, you know, and, and, and as a people, you know. And uh, but it's so accepted, you know, with the uh, with the thug mentality that you know we we kind of we kind of ignore or overlook that you know that's that 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 that's really is a real problem, you know what we got, you know because it's 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 a circle that keeps going over and over and over again, you know, and it's filling up the chain mm-hmm. game like that, you know what I'm saying? And um, another thing thing I want to talk about is uh, you know, the, the polices, you know. We, 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 we make them so accepted, you know, it's like, you know, okay, you know, we don't like police and we understand, you know, this and that by police, but then when police come around, then it's, yes, sir, how you doing, sir? Yes, sir, good day, sir. Yes, this is the officer, sir. Here's something free, sir. Here's, you know, you know, why not, you know, like, you know, why not we just ignore them? You know what I'm saying? Make them feel uncomfortable around us, not just in uniform, outside uniform. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That people, if we do that, then we can show them that, you know, because some of them will wake up and be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, okay, the one, you know, because, okay, we'll say we got good police and bad police, right? But at the same time, mm-hmm. all on bad because the good ones, they accept and they, they, they watch what the bad ones do and they protect them on it. You know what I'm saying? So this why, you know, all of them in the same category, all of them in the same pen with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, why 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 we don't, you know, like, I know how I do. You know, when the police get around me, you know, like, he come to my car, whatever. I get my license, I don't take that. You know what I'm saying? Can I do any car? I don't take mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Even at Walmart, you know, when they walk around, you know, they, they, they speak, they speak, they don't, they don't. But I don't even, I don't even talk back. They talk to my kid, I tell my kid, right. hey, you know, we don't we don't talk to police. You know what I'm saying? That's and, right. Um, because, you know, I, I want to make us feel, you know, like, okay, like, you know, it, what y'all do, you know what I'm saying, for the most part is wrong. Not saying that you know that that, that they not needed. You know what I'm saying? They need it to a point, but they're abusing their powers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and especially when it comes to us, we easy targets. They do what they do because we ain't got no money to fight back. They do what they do because we don't know yeah. how to fight back. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, in, in our communities, they so accepted. Right now, if you pull up right now, you'll have about five, six guys you know, uh, 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 being so nice to the police and talking to the police, but they hardcore thugs, supposedly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, in, yeah. anyway, you know, I ain't really good at speaking, but, you know, that was just on my heart. No, and I appreciate y'all giving me a... Man, let me tell you something. You did fine, man. You did fine, and you and you made some, you raised some good points. You know, and one of the points, I, I got a question I wanted, to, I wanted to address, and we'll go to our council to address, but one of the things, you know, when we talk about the police, you know what I'm saying? And this is what gets me about the brothers. And I love not saying what you're saying. You're right. Why do we make the police feel comfortable? What is the need and the youth for the police in our community? But what's the thing that gets me about the young brothers, man, they get out there and they say, stop snitching. Stop dealing with the police. And they turn around and victimize our damn community. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's a rock and a hard place. Our people don't want to deal with the police. That's right. They know That's the right. are coming in there killing our community, killing our children. We don't want to call them in our community. But damn, it's like, damn, if I run them out, then these little niggas, excuse my language, are victimized. So it's time for, that's why I like growth and development. And my man, Doug, she had to give a shout out to that 
community revival and progress, man, that might put nature rising up, doing their thing down in Atlanta, bringing some peace to the community, to start policing our own community. Stop the foolishness right. in our community. You know the little nigga breaking in the houses. Same way we ain't speaking to the police. Why are you sitting there smoking a the blunt with it? They're not saying you, dear brother, but I'm talking about these Negroes that smoking blunts with it, sipping the 40 with it. Cool with Boo Boo now. You're breaking in the cars. You're breaking in the houses. You're terrorizing our community. And then when the community's shook and scared, they call the police, stop snitching. I don't talk to the police. Well, damn. Damn. We can't have it both ways. We need our men to stand up and say, we don't want you these police in our community killing our children. And then turn around and say, look here, bro. You're not going to be killing our children. You're not going to be breaking in our houses. You're not going to be breaking in the car. That's right. That's so right. That's right. Just so, we can, just so we can move them out of there so that we can increase the crime in our community. I'm ready for our young brothers I work with. And I know if you down here in the A, brother, working with Big A, shout out to Big A, shout out to Brother Ears, shout out to the twins, all the growth and development in Atlanta in the A, doing the growth and development in the hood, in the plop, really doing that growth and development. Big shout out, big props to them. I know those brothers are doing it, but I'm talking about these Negroes who take advantage of the stop snitching, who take advantage of corrupt policing, who take advantage of our not liking to call these insurgents into our neighborhoods to kill us just to commit acts of piracy and That's against That's our very own people. Put it out there. You know what I'm saying? So we have to, you know, that's one of the problems that we have in our communities. We got to stand the hell up. We got to stand the hell up. Then we can run these pigs out the hood for real. We can, what Brother Chairman said, we can run these police out of the hood for real. I call them pigs because that's what they are, filthy beasts that devour anything in their way. But I'm opening it up, and like I said, we got phone lines, so if we can kind of limit our comments to three, four minutes. Chairman Carr, did you want to add to what the um, dear brother was saying? He brought up some valid points about the and, and Sister Justice, I definitely want you to touch on about the sisters, you know, being this attraction to thug brothers. But Chairman Carr, would you like to add something to that? Uh, you actually said it all uh, uh, in 1971 uh, and 72. One of the reasons that the county program framed uh, myself and six other members uh, of the Black Panther Party because we was organizing uh, against the heroin movement and the drug dealer within the community. And, and uh, we had a, a box and list of uh, the policemen who was in the community that was taking the payoff. And because we refused to give the information to the enemy about the enemy, we began to organize the people in the community, telling the brothers and sisters that we have to have a liberated zone. And a liberated zone simply means we have to have an area that is controlled by the people and controlled by us. But in order for us to do that, we have to take those negative forces out of the community. And once again, I goes back to what Brother Yakana was saying, that's when we on the street, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand, with the peoples on the streets and doing the work with the people on the street and bringing about, once again, I say a revolutionary culture. You can't have a culture of doing your own thing. You can't have mm. a culture, I can do my thing, I can kill my brothers and sisters with poison, I can kill my brothers and sisters with bullets, I can beat my woman up on the street, I can stomp my children on the street. 
streets. I can pimp the young, uh, 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 kidnapped women on the street. No. When we talk about culture, we talk about a liberated environment where there are uh, uh, healthy uh, rules and regulations. And I ended by saying this. If you study history, and every revolution, the first thing that they had to do is clean the village, clean the city up in order for them to deal with the insurgents, in order for them to deal with the insurgents. And that is when we talk about banditry. Some do it because of lack of knowledge and ignorance, but those who know and being part of the arm of the racist establishment in the community, part of the arms and working to maintain slavery in our community that look like us, we must have our own intelligence unit in our movement to bring out these people in our community. We must have our own security team in our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To bring out these people in our community, this is when we take the movement to a higher and a professional level that we know how to go knock on your door and say, brother, you this is the people's court. The Tarrant Avenue. <laughs> Tarrant right. Avenue. Put a sign around your neck. I am a do-nothing revolutionary. Uh, uh, let's go to Sister Justice. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, ma'am. Let's 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 you in comments. Um, some things you well, want to add well, to that? Well, let me say this first. You know, as far as women being attracted to thugs, it is true. You know, um, they're attracted to thugs primarily because women are attracted to confident men, <laughs> and a thug seems uh, very very confident. But what she did, what she will grow to know, and let me just put it out there: benefit of my strength, hope and experience is that if somebody is going to go out there and beat the mess out of everybody else and be thuggish to everybody else, trust me, he's going to do the same thing to you. Uh, it's mm. just a matter of time. So um, and so, so when it comes to women uh, within the black community, they are, they are attracted to warriors. When it comes to, uh, as Brother Kahar said, we need an intelligence unit within our own community. I remember um, as a minister, I was being uh, uh, solicited, so to speak, to get an award. And as a matter of fact, I did get an award uh, for, for, for being one of the individuals in the community that helps out in folks. And that's when the North police approached me and asked me to be a part of their chaplain unit where they ride around, and if they find this, that, or the other, then I would, would be the one to help them to bring this individual to a church or to somewhere else. I said, no, thank you. No, thank you, because they would not trust me working with you, because the fact of the matter is you are the police, and I'm not dealing with you. So what they did in retrospect, if you are able to get along with the street tribes, then they call you one of the street tribes, black power. So think about trying to recognize what we could do in our community. As soon as we learn the game, they change the rules, brother, black power. Black Black power. power. Dear brother, Minister Yakina, you heard what's been transpiring, what's been taking place, brother. We would love your insight and and some of that um, wisdom if you could share some with us, brother. Yes, sir. Um, Speaking of the police, we have to understand who they are. We don't probably really understand what we're dealing with because of the miseducation that we've been given. 
you know, their origin is in the slave patrol and they're not there to be our friends. Uh, you know, just like you have, um, you know, the uh, negative eugenics program going by the name of, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood now. You know, things have continued to go under disguise of a different name, but uh, the end result is still the same. Uh, we have to educate our kids because for what reason is the police there for, you know, for the crime that we're sitting up committing? We have to sit up and tell our children about uh, cocaine when it's coming into the neighborhoods. Our watchmen end up abandoning the towers at one time. They didn't brought all this cocaine in here, and we didn't even have a clue that they was doing it to us. Now we look up and all the damage has been done, and we don't. it's, it's done ravaged our community now. So we don't even have a clue of what's going on. That's right. So, That's right. So, so uh, you know, once we get to the point where we educate our children, then they understand at some point in time, if you're a black man walking around here, at some point in time, you're going to notice you're in poverty. You're going to be walking around eating noodles and water. You can sit at home and eat noodles and water and understand what's going on with your situation, or you can sit behind bars and eat noodles and water. But at some point in time, you can sit up and look at the numbers. I don't know if it's 33% or whatever the percentage is. I know everybody knows somebody that's locked up in their family, which is sad. But once we sit in there in that condition, maybe we'll sit around and look at ourselves at some point in time and realize that we have other people that's coming into our neighborhoods, bringing businesses into our neighborhoods, and we're not collectively sitting up here doing something to get our businesses together to come together on an economic basis as well. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to add that a little bit in there. Man, right on, right on. And that is Black Power, and we and we definitely appreciate that. That's that big. Right Say, Brother G, I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. Say, Brother, did you have something else that you wanted to add to that? Or, you know, um, preferably, hopefully, that kind of shed some light on some of the things or some of the questions you asked. You there, dear brother? Okay, well, we're going to move on. Let's move on to our next caller, man. And, thank, and I want to thank everyone again for patiently waiting. We're running down into our last minutes. Again, this is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. You're on here with your national members from the National Central Committee, you know, at your disposal, at your service. That's why we call ourselves ministers because we're trying to administer this political education and some upliftment and some enlightenment, probably some things that will help you because they're helping you help us, brothers and sisters. Area code. Two two nine one nine eight five. You're live on the on the air. New Black Panther Party, the People's Party. Yeah, this uh, Marquise. I'm with the uh, Growth and Development Movement, and an uh, issue came up in America. So I just want some information on how to handle it as blacks in our city. Well, uh, two people died, and blacks did it, and it's to the point where, you know, what I'm saying the whites are talking about, you know, what I'm saying hanging us, you know, what I'm saying lynching us and stuff like that. And it's to the point where if, you know what I'm saying, a white person does kill a black person now, it's going to escalate to the point of, you know what I'm saying, no return. You said what city is that, brother? Americas. Americas. Americas, Georgia? Yes. Okay. Okay. So what was the question one more time? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to go to our National Central Committee. If you could state that question one more time. Two black people were... Two black people were were killed by black people. Two, you said no. Two two white people were killed by black people, and the white people down here are outlashing on you know social media in public about you know saying lynching black people, hanging black people in the city. You know what I'm saying because of this incident. Mm. You know, so I was just trying to get some input on how 
I should go about talking to my brothers about handling the incident about what's going on. Well, I think that's a serious issue. So I'm 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 gonna turn that straight over to our, our national chairman, Chairman Kahar. You heard the issue? Uh, yes, uh, that is an issue that uh, definitely uh, needs to go into the Defense Department. Uh, one that uh, situation like that, that brothers and sisters should uh, prepare themselves to defend themselves by any means necessary. Uh, and, and I say that openly. Uh, one is because when when your community is at threat and the individuals of the community, this is where, once again, the collective comes in because they ain't talking about one in a uh, particular person. they talking about any uh, brothers and sisters in that area is under a threat. And uh, that comes, uh, like, we as the People's Party, we have our defense committee. We have our defense department. And uh, I think that, uh, 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 Brother Yanger, you get in touch with that brother, and and, and after the hour, uh, you and yeah, that brother. Yeah, we need information. Yes, but we don't eat right. So uh, this is not the time to do that on the app, but get with the brother. And because what what we're hearing is uh, needs some expertise to step in there, and that's what our defense department is all about. Yes, sir. Brother, let me, and I'm going to throw this out there, and for anybody listening, and, brother, I'm writing your number down. I'm going to get back with you. Uh, for anybody listening, but you got a pen on your brother? Uh, if I needed a number, I got to write. Okay. I'm going to throw a number out there, and I'm going to throw it out there on the line. To reach the Atlanta chapter of the New Black Panther Party, our number is area code 510-877-0720. Again, that's 510-877-0720. That's the Atlanta number. Uh, that's the number to the Atlanta chapter, New Black Panther Party. If you're dealing with anywhere in the uh, anywhere really, if you want to call out, and I can put you in contact with the nationals. In fact, I, w- I need something with my national number on it to put out a national number. But um, you can call that number. But especially in the southeast, if you're in the southeast and you want to reach the the party, and that that includes North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. You want to reach out, get in contact with me, and we can help you get a, a chapter established down there. I'll work with you. Let me send out a shout out by national number two for those people that's listening on the air and want to get in touch with us nationally. Our national number is area code 512-931-4010. Again, that's 512-931-4018. Get in contact with us, man. We're aiding assist in any way that we can. Get you in contact with the nearest representative or the closest representative to your locale. Try to see what's going on and alleviate it. Brother, what's your name, man? Let me write your name down because I got your number. Marquise. Marquise. Marquise, and I'll be personally getting in touch with you, brother, and I may have my um, – my minister information on the line, a couple uh, some brothers, my sister, somebody on the line with us so that we can get with you and we can address that, address those issues and talk um, in, more in a private setting. Is that cool? Did you have any more questions or comments or anything that we could assist or aid with while we have you on the line? That's all. All right, Black Power, brother. I'm definitely going to get with you. Man, those yes, are brother. serious issues, and these are the issues that we're dealing with. 
um, brothers and sisters. Let's go to let's open our phone lines one more time. This is my minister information, Minister Sun. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. What's going on, dear brother? Okay, your line's open. You got another question and comment winding down in our last couple minutes of the show. No, no, I'm just uh, glad the better from America's Georgia called down, called in because that's not the first time that a situation like that has happened, you know. So I want to definitely uh, deal with that, brother, so we can take care of that situation. No doubt, no doubt. I get in there. So we're, we're we're coming down in our last couple minutes of the show, and, and what I like what I like to do in our last couple minutes of the show is give an opportunity for our national central committee to have some closing words to have some comments or something they would like to share with the um, listening audience. Again, this is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. You got to look for that. One of the reasons I'm saying you got to look for the People's Party because we don't want to be out here doing the work, and then we have the people that want to support and aid us in our endeavors and sending money to the wrong cats, and you think it's getting to us. This is the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party. And this is People Talk Black Nationalist Network, all about building that black nationalist society. I'm your host, national spokesman, Chairman Yang and Kroom out of Atlanta, Georgia. We have the People's Chairman on, our national chairman, Chairman Abdul Kar out of Cleveland, Ohio. We have our national minister of law and justice, Dr. Justice, our eastern regional representative, Helen, that whole locale right there. We have our minister of uh, national minister of information, Chairman Yakinad, coming out of the Houston area. So we got the bases covered here, brothers and sisters. And I gave out the hotline number. If you're interested, get in contact with us. Let us know how we can aid and assist in building up a strong black power base in your city. How we can start to um, um, get get the message out there. How we can help you to get the people involved. And with that, we're going to go into some closing last final minutes. And I'd like to start it off with the people's chairman, our national chairman, Chairman Carr. Black power. Uh, black power. And I always say it's a good program. And what we do is putting out information information back again you being up, a people is good having a program where we can get our information and cause people to go in to study to study to study and like Kwame Torres say and most study and this is what I love about building a movement because we all become students. A teacher is a student, and a student is a teacher. And the way that we work together, giving out information, this is called collective information, wisdom, and knowledge, and this is a good thing. So let's keep this going. Let's keep us getting this information out because truly we're going to build this, and we're going to win this. Black power to the people, right and as we say, united, we live, divided, we die. Wow. Mm. Right on. National Minister of Law and Justice, Sister Justice, some closing, some closing remarks and comments for our listening audience out there. Uh, would you like to share something with us? No, no, now would you like it? What are you going to share with us here, Sister? Now give well, me an I'd option like to say... in well, what I'd like to say is that the brothers that are on here are very, very powerful. 
Uh, that's what we're here for. When you have problems and situations that you feel like you can't handle, we are here for you. And I can't reiterate that much, uh, enough. I'm going to uh, revert to our uh, brother chairman in Newark, how much he puts forth, uh, you know, be wary of individuals as soon as you put forth a program because we've got to fight for our program once again. These individuals have now decided they want to be involved. But I'm going to keep it short, and I'm going to revert to our brother minister um, chairman over in Newark, Black Power. Black Power. We're going to give Black it over power. to uh, Chairman Arias. Chairman Arias. Brother Chairman. Black Power, call you on the spot. We got a few minutes before we... The sister wanted to defer to you um, real quick before I go to our national minister information. I think we kind of caught him off guard, sister. We're going to go straight to... So I'm going to close his mic back up. We're going to go straight to our minister Sorry. information, Chairman Yakinai. Chairman Yakinai. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. We are the People's New Black Panther Party. We have put together a national central committee that is here to serve the people. We dedicate our time to the people. We minister to the people. We have heard the people's cries. And going yeah. forward in this day and age, we would ask the people that they would humble themselves. Please get your behavior together. Remember what our ancestor Michael Jackson said. It's all about the man in the mirror because we can't be out here screaming for things and demanding things and wanting things if we don't have the righteousness in ourselves first. So that's yeah. where it started. Come get your soul therapy with the people's party, the radio, the program, so you can reprogram your mind, so you can get your political education that you need, so you can get your swagger right. When you get out there and talk to the people, know that you are the light. You are the answer. We're here now. This is the time. This is the moment. Where do we sit up here and go from this point? When you sit up and you look at our children and you look at the behavior of our women, it's a warning sign. Warning always comes before destruction. Mm. This is not a game and not a joke. This is the time. We have all been raised up for this moment. We can feel it. It's just like when the rain is coming. You can smell it in the air. So we know something is going on because we see the people taken to the streets. And I keep on saying, I'm wondering when the people going to go back to sleep because I've seen them do it with Trayvon Martin. We know we wake up and we go to a few rallies, but then we go right back to sleep. So I'm sitting up here looking at the people, and I'm saying, you know what? The people ain't going back to sleep. Black power. Black power. Black power. Like I said, you had an opportunity to be hearing from our national uh, central committee. And, and like Minister Minister Yakinan said, man, it's just about waking up. It's about getting to action. It's about we here, the, the, we, the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, to echo his words and not his exact sentiment, is that we have heard the people's cry. And from the people's cry has arose, the revolutionaries have taken on the responsibility, have stepped up to their obligation, and are saying that we as men and women who are saying that we love our race, that we love who we are as an African people in America, as a black people in America, and we're ready to take that responsibility for our race, to aid and assist in our development, to aid and assist in our advancement, to aid and assist in our struggle and our fight for self-determination, because this is what it boils down to, brothers and sisters. That we want to stop being dependent on the people who have historically shown that they have no love for us, that they have no need for us, to understand that everything that we need is contained in our communities, in our genius, in our labor. Our labor is a resource. In our 
in our in our everything. That we're trying to pave a future for our children, create a better place for our women, create healthy environments for our men. You know, especially our young men and our older men, so that we can grow a whole gracefully. So, brothers and sisters. With that being said, we at the New Black Panther Party, we thank you, the People's Party. Thank you for listening in. You can hear us. You can catch us here every Wednesday from 8 to 10, bringing the political education. Um, you know, you're always invited. Come in to listen. Come in to welcome. Share your comments and views. We're going to bring another hot topic next time. And our job is to not entertain but to inform, to, to give those tools that will make for a better society for us as a people. And this is this is our job and this is our role. Also to announce that um, prayerfully tomorrow we're in the hopes of the workings of another show that you'll catch myself and our Minister of Justice and hope to have you, um, Minister of Justice, you're on my mind, Dr. Justice. Our Minister of Information, my local Minister of Information, Black Son, is a very powerful brother in his right to come on and participate in that show. Giving up more information, it's going to be, you know, political news, information, discussion, and bringing the same things that the People Party brings to you. I'm your host, Chairman um, Yang and Krumah, National Spokesman. I want to thank our National Central Committee for being on, the People's Chairman, our National Chairman, uh, Chairman Kahar, our National Minister of Information, Chairman Yakanon, and our National Minister of Law and Justice, Dr. Justice. We want to thank you, and I want to thank you, the listening audience, for participating and calling in. Want to definitely send a shout-out to that mighty growth and development. Wonderful work, brothers. Keep up the good work that you're doing. Shout-out to the, all our street tribes out there doing And to the average brother and sister that's in the street trying to make a, a change. We're going to leave with this. For us, we know not us brothers and sisters that's on the line trying to bring about revolution, but for those brothers and sisters that are scared of the revolution, the last poets. All powers to the people. Black power to black. <laughs> Niggas are scared of revolution, but niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution, because revolution is nothing but change, and all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for murder and change into pimping clothes, into streets to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde, and old black hair that looks for change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say, things are changing, things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Nigga things into black nigga things. Black nigga things that go through all kinds of changes. The change in the day that makes them rat and rave. Black power, black power, and the change. That comes over them at night as they sigh and moan. I sigh. Ooh, I sigh. Niggas always going through bullshit change. But when it comes for real change, niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are actors. Niggas are actors. Niggas act like they're in a hurry to catch the first act of a great white host. Niggas try to act like Malcolm. And when a white man doesn't react to them like he did, Malcolm, niggas want to act violently. Niggas act so cool and slick, causing white people to say, what makes you niggas act like that? Niggas act like you ain't never seen nobody act before. But when it comes to acting out revolution, niggas say, I can't dig them actions. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are very together people. Niggas talk about getting high and riding around in L's. Niggas to get high and ride to hell. Niggas talk about pimping, pimping that, pimping what? Pimping yours, pimping mine. Just to be pimping is a hell of a line. Niggas are very together people. Niggas talk about the mind, talk about 